But I'm going to read Jude 1 and the 25th uh, verse in Jude. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Okay, uh, so you see there that uh, uh, to them that are. Okay, uh, then verse number 25. And to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. All right. All right. Uh, I'm going to pray. Uh, Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come around your word. I'm thankful that you preserved your word. I'm thankful, Lord, that uh, we don't have to guess on what you said. And, uh, Lord, uh, we're thankful for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit that you would teach us and guide us. Lord, as we uh, meet together as this local body of believers, uh, Lord, we want to praise your holy name for what wonderful things you've done here in this ministry. We want to ask your blessing upon our pastor, his wife, and the children for safe travel mercies and rest and, and a good time together. And, Lord, tonight as we look into your word, I pray that you would be magnified glorified, lifted up on high. Lord, that you would speak to us where we need to be spoken to, Lord, whether it's a, an encouraging word, a, a rebuking, or whatever you need to do, Lord, I pray that you would have full reign in each and every one of us. Lord, please help me get out of the way. Uh, Lord, I pray that you bless my brothers and sisters in spite of me. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. All right, so we see there that to them that are. So automatically in the scriptures, there are some, there are some callings, there are some uh, blessings upon the, the, the uh, people that Jude is writing to. And, and, and the three things there are uh, to them that are sanctified, to them that are preserved, uh, and to them that are called. So if we look at those three particular things in our life of a believer, I, I, I think we would do well to kind of concentrate, kind of uh, remember, uh, kind of focus in on what that actually means. Uh, in 1 Corinthians, well, before I hit that, uh, to them that are. There, there's, there's a lot of different verses in the Bible that speaks to them that are. Uh, there's a lot of negative verses. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 4, 3, it says to them that are lost. And there's a verse on that. In 1 Peter 4, 6, there's a verse that says to them that are dead. First uh, Corinthians 8, 9, to them that are weak. Isaiah 35, 4, uh, to them that are of, a, are of a fearful heart. And in Isaiah 49, 9, to them that are in darkness. So those are just a few verses. So to them that are, uh, God through the Holy Spirit records stuff for us and speaks to, to people in many different situations. Hopefully, you're none of those tonight. But hopefully, we're all what we see here in Jude. Uh, hopefully, we're called, we're preserved, we're sanctified. So uh, let, let's look together at some verses that, that, that hit on those. 1 Corinthians 1.9, that verse reads, God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I know it's Wednesday, it's midweek, it's late, your pastor's not here. Uh, hang on this for a second. Look at what that says. God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Could you imagine getting a phone call from, I don't know, somebody you admire and said, hey, you want to just hang out and you, you put in your own hero or whatever, but I, I remember early in my faith when, uh, when when a mentor of mine would say, hey, you want to go do this? Well, it doesn't, didn't really matter what it was, but I knew that when I got around him, 
I was going to get some good fellowship. He was going to, he was going to challenge me. Not well, is it always comfortable, but he was going to help me along the way. I knew whenever he asked me for that. So every time I got a call, that was a blessing to me. But check this out. God the Father calls us on the fellowship with his son. Wow. And, and, and what must that mean to have fellowship with the son? The scriptures say that if we're going to have fellowship with the Son, we're going to be in light, aren't we? You're not going to have fellowship with Jesus in darkness. It's just, it's unbiblical. You're not going to be able to do that. So I ask you, just kind of ponder in your own head, maybe yesterday, maybe the past week, how much fellowship did you have with Jesus? And what was that fellowship like? Was it sweet? Was it rushed? Was it hurried? Was it something to check off the calendar? We all get in those type of modes. I warn us not to. And to really realize the fact that God the Father has called us unto fellowship with His Son. What a tremendous, tremendous blessing. Let's not lose that. Let's uh, slide over to 1 Peter chapter 5 together, if you would. I'm going to read it, but uh, if you want to join there with me. I'm going to pick up uh, in verse number 8 and read down through verse number 11. Listen to this. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom whom he may devour. We know that. We know that we've got an enemy. An enemy that's very serious, very focused, and he's looking to destroy us. Verse number 9. Whom resisteth steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren, that are in the world, but the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, established, strengthened, settle you. To him be glory, dominion, forever and ever. Amen. We're called on to fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're called uh, to to uh, a relationship with him. With that relationship with Jesus Christ, I know you all know this, but it's good to be reminded of that. In that relationship with Jesus Christ, not only do we get the fellowship of God himself, insight with, with, with God, uh, changing of us, we've got that hope of eternal salvation, eternal life. And, and again, I, I question, how often do we reflect on that? Maybe we're looking at the stock markets going down. Maybe maybe we're looking at whatever the case may be, car trouble, uh, physical pain. We're all seem like we're we're getting to that age where we're uh, we're, you're you're not there, Taylor, anything yet. But uh, most of us are 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 getting there. Or you know, there's a physical pain uh, in in different places all the time. Uh, But you know what? We ought to be focusing on eternal life. For sure that, uh, the sufferings of this world, they're gonna come. They're gonna come. They're gonna come in, in physical pain. They're gonna come in, in relationship pain. They're gonna come in, in all sorts of things. There's gonna be betrayal in our life. Uh, there's gonna be lots of pain and hurt. But you know what? We've gotta walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. What a privilege that is. And even going through that, He can get honor and glory. Uh, that, that's really what it's all about. So we are called. That's a great blessing. We're also preserved. Uh, I was thinking about that word preserved. Um, that's not really a word that I use when it, when it comes to, um, spiritual. 
for, for me that I don't really use it that much. I, I do use it when it comes to food, uh, for sure. I, I like strawberries and, and my wife picked up a, a thing of strawberries and, and I, I looked at them before she put them away and they were, they were the big strawberries and nice and red. I, I'm looking forward to that. I don't know. It just seemed like a couple of days went by. Maybe it was longer. It was probably longer. When I went to get them out, there's some white junk growing on it. And there's some black spots on the backside. They were unedible. They were pulled from the vine, and they decayed very quickly. That a preach right there. Were pulled from the vine would decay very quickly. But even this case with fruit, you know that even on the vine, it tends to decay. It's going, it's going to rot at some point. So what does it mean to be preserved? What do the scriptures teach us about being preserved? Let's go to First Thessalonians together. First Thessalonians chapter five. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I'm going to read verses 22 through 24. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22. That verse is uh, probably familiar to a lot of us. Abstain from all appearance of evil. It's a good thing to do. Stay away from it. Don't even, don't even have the appearance of it. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you. There we got all three of those uh, terms that we find in Jude. We got sanctification, we've got a calling, and we've got being preserved. We're preserved in Jesus Christ. Now, I'm, I'm, I don't do any canning or anything like that, but I, I imagine when you're preserving the beans or the pickles or whatever you're putting in there, you're putting it into some type of solvent that will prevent the, the, the decaying of it. Well, for us spiritually, we are in Christ. All this flesh that, that's decaying, all the wickedness of our mind that we battle with, all those type of things, when we're in Christ, we're not decaying, we're, we're not rotting, we're, we're very much alive. And if it's the mind of Christ, if we're, if we're dying to self, if we're letting ourselves decay and, and living in Christ and letting the life of Christ come out of us, man, we're preserved. We're preserved. We're preserved in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not very far from there is the book of Second Timothy. We slide over there, Second Timothy chapter four. Second Timothy chapter four, verses seventeen and eighteen. That reads, Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Of course, we know here in this book, we've got Paul teaching and preaching to the young preacher, Timothy. And he's saying, hey, endure, stay in there for a while because it's God that preserves us. And, and we get insight to what Paul had his mind and focus on. He was focused in, just like we try to focus in on every service, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who knows when it will be, but it will happen. Whether we meet him in the air or we, we meet him through our passing, uh, we will be with the Lord Jesus Christ and, and in his presence. We can be preserved if we're in Christ. And, of course, sanctified. Uh, Probably most of us that have any type of uh, uh, learning in a church have learned about sanctification, have been taught about sanctification. We'll go back First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians, you guys could probably figure uh, or, or pull a bunch of different verses out, and there are many. God very serious about sanctification, very serious about it. First Thessalonians chapter four, verses three and four. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification that ye should abstain from fornication, 
that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll stop there, but that's God's will. That's not just all oh, that, that's good Bible teaching or that's, that might be at the, that more conservative church there or for that more conservative brother or sister. That is God's will. Our sanctification to be set apart for His use. How often are we thinking about that? God does the transforming of us into His image of His Son. We know that. But we've got a part in that too. Our saint, we can't sanctify ourselves, but we can do things to, 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 uh, put ourselves in position to be sanctified. When we abstain from the appearance of evil, we're putting ourselves in a position to be sanctified. When we're surrounded by, by, uh, uh, brethren in, in, in getting together, uh, we're, we're headed towards the process of sanctification. When we're in God's word, we're in that process of sanctification. Now, you could read the Bible and have the hardest heart and the most defiled, wandering mind ever. So that won't sanctify you in itself. But it certainly puts us in that position. It puts us in, in, a, in a closer position. Let's go back Second Timothy, Second um, Timothy chapter 4. Second Timothy chapter four. No, you know what? I, we already read that one. I was just checking. No, I wasn't just checking. Uh, let's let's uh, let's go. John, John seventeen. Strong verse here. John seventeen. Uh, anytime you hear John seventeen, you know what's going on there. What do you think it automatically when you hear John seventeen? What is it? Yes. Amen. And, and isn't that amazing that we get insight here in this chapter of God the Son speaking to God the Father. It, 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 it is amazing. Uh, John 17, verse 19. Look at that. One, one verse, Jesus says in his prayer to God the Father, and for their sakes, he's talking about his, his disciples, and for their sakes, I sanctify myself, Jesus sanctifying himself, that they also might be sanctified in how? Through truth. Through truth. Through truth. There will not be a sanctification process without truth. Quite frankly, without truth, hindering the sanctification process, bringing it to a halt. So there Jesus Christ, by the, the perfect example that he is, he sanctified himself. He put himself always in a position to be closer to the Father, didn't he? Hey, I, I think Jesus' own word says, I do always the things that please my Father. Always. That's amazing. Uh, we That ought to be our testimony. That ought to be our testimony. Well, well, why couldn't it be? We should be putting ourselves constantly in a state of uh, enhanced sanctification. Let's go over to Hebrews together. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. We'll pick up in verse 9 and read down through 11. Hebrews 2 verse 9. I'll, uh, I'm going to start reading, reading, uh, Hebrews 2-9. But we see Jesus. That, that's good. If we could just see Jesus all the time, keep him in our focus. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things in by whom are all things, and bringing many sons on the glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctified and they who are sanctified are all one, for which cause 
he is not ashamed to call them brother. Who that's loaded right there, huh? God the Son calls us his brethren. <laughs> he calls us his brethren. And, and, and he that is sanctified, Jesus, and us being sanctified, that links us together with him uh, through through sufferings and, and, and all that. How amazing, how amazing, and how good we have it. Uh, you know, we are called, uh, we are preserved, and we are sanctified. All of this is a blessing and an outpouring of God's grace and his mercy onto us, a sinful man. Uh, boy, we, we, we've got it good, don't we? So now is we, we just kind of, kind of looked about, about that. And, and has anybody got a verse on sanctification being preserved or called that I didn't read that you just think, boy, how could he have missed that? You're being too kind. You're all saying, man, I know I missed this one. Ken, did you see he missed that one? Um, <laughs> the, the, it's loaded throughout the scriptures. If you all want to, uh, if you all want to dig into that, and I, I hope that, I hope that you would, um, it, it's, it's amazing. Uh, God, God, it gives us some, some great, great verses there. So now to God be. So that's what God has for us, us to be sanctified. He, he calls us. He wants us to be preserved. And then verse 25, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. So that's what things are supposed to be towards God. Power, majesty, dominion. Uh, and, uh, and what did I miss there? Uh, glory, majesty, dominion, and power. Though, how does God get that from us? How do we give God those type of things? I think that's a, a very legitimate question to be asked. Uh, certainly, he's deserving of it. In the book of Psalms, the 96th Psalm, the 7th verse, says, Give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Again, I ask, how do we give to God glory? How do we uh, demonstrate his power, his majesty, his dominion? How can that be in, in, in our, our feeble lives? First uh, Timothy, I'm, I'm just going to I'm going to hit a bunch of different verses. Then I'm going to go to Revelation and we'll pick up uh, portions of Scripture. So if you want to go to Revelation and wait for me or if you want to if you want to hang with me uh, we'll, and, and turn to these verses, you are more than welcome. But I'm going first Timothy, chapter one, and verse seven. I will read that for you. First Timothy 1.7 says that desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. That's not it. Um, what? 17. Thank you. Yeah, it's written like that. Uh, 17. Thank you very much. Now unto the king eternal, immortal. Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. All right. Thank you very much, Tim. Second Timothy, Second Timothy 4.18. Second Timothy 4.18. That reads, And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. So when we're preserved, when we're doing those things that He's called us to be, when we're when we're allowing that sanctification, when we're when we're uh, in the midst of that that being preserved by Christ, when we're when we're enjoying that enjoying is not the right word, uh, when we're um, 
fulfilling that calling of Jesus Christ in our life. That brings God glory. When we're doing the things that he wants us to do, God gets glory. We shouldn't be the ones going for the glory. We should be quickly pointing it to him. God gets glory in what man does. In 1 Peter 5.11, that verse reads, To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. You get the the theme on, on those particular verses. They all end in forever and ever. See, it doesn't stop with you. I'm thankful that uh, for whatever portion of life God gives me, I, I I get to walk for a little while, however that is, alongside Freddie Weber. He's my brother. He's he's a great example to me. I don't know how long that'd be. Maybe God to take me. Maybe God to take him. But but I get that at least for now. With Jesus Christ, it's forever and ever. The glory that He gets, the fellowship that man can have with Him, is forever and ever. It's not just down here. Matter of fact, we ought to focus, quite frankly, that this is such a temporary, such a very limited spot in all eternity. We will be with Him, and everything will be different. He will get the glory that he deserves then. When he comes back, there will be no uh, all the junk of the world, including the junk that we bring into the world too. There will be none of that. God's going to cleanse all of that, and it will be forever and ever. In the book of Ephesians, the third chapter, 20 and 21 reads, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. What's happening in you and I is the power of God. And we ought to testify to that. See, no, nobody knows the, the, the wretch that I was before coming here. See, they kicked me out of New York for the, for the things that I did. You know the wretch that I am here. But you didn't know the wretch that I was there before salvation. And I'm thankful for that because I'm not, I'm not proud of that. But the fact is that we've all got a testimony. God's doing something in our lives. He's changed something. We ought to be quick and, and, and diligent to proclaim that so that he gets the glory. Not so that we get any glory, but that he gets the glory. Let's, uh, let's pick up in, uh, in Revelation. If you're over in Revelation and you want to go there, I'm going to look at a couple chapters there together. Not the whole chapter, but in Revelation chapter 4, check this out. This is that scene into God's throne. This is a tremendous portion of Scripture. We're getting insight into the throne room of God, right? Uh, this is right after the, the letters to the churches. And, and uh, look at Revelation 4. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. And they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fell down before him that sat on the throne and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. See that majesty that God has, that the, the, the majesty that He belongs to Him? He has it not only in, in man's mind, 
but he has it in anybody that encounters him. He has it in the throne room of heaven, the elders that sit around, the four beasts, all fall down and worship him because you can't help but for to, to see him in that. I know we can't see him uh, in our limited mind, but we ought to try to really see what's going on here and to know our God demands worship. He's worthy of worship. If we go to the next chapter, Revelation chapter 5, verses 9 through 14, listen to what's being said here. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou was slain and has redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and has made us unto our, our God kings and priests. That's what, wow. And we shall reign on earth. And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, heard I say, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. That's how it is. That, that, that's how it is with God. Now, that's the God that we serve. That's the God that called us into fellowship with His Son. That's the God who allows us to have His Son live in and through us. And if that's what's going on in heaven, that ought to be to some extent what's happening here on earth in you and I. The world ought to see a very difference in us. Now, we're not sitting around. We don't have literal crowns that we're casting down before Jesus. But our life ought to be representative of that anywhere and everywhere that we go. Man ought to see us not doing the things that come so naturally to the flesh, that are so common in the world. They ought to see us departing from that, picking ourselves up and leaving that. Maybe even having the boldness to proclaim God's truth. Because you know what? In the lost and degenerate sinner, God gets no glory. Not, not, not now. He's going to. Because every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess. He's going to get it. But right now he doesn't. So that ought to motivate you and I to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you know what? There's a creation that he created that is not bringing him the glory that he deserves. That ought to grieve us. That ought to grieve us when we see sin. Not that we would just laugh and say all the junk that gets said. That ought not to be with us. We ought to be a different people proclaiming, hey man, you don't know. Did you know when you were sinning before you got saved? Did you know? I'm thankful that somebody said, hey, hey, what are you doing there? And told me about Jesus. Revelation 7.12 says, saying, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. We can go to Revelation 19 when we get that glorious appearing of our Savior on that white horse. You remember how he comes there. Not as that baby in the manger, but he comes as a mighty warrior. His clothes are stained with the blood as he treated the enemies as a wine press. 
we get insight into the uh, in in Isaiah 63 about that, uh, and then if you tied that up with Revelation 19, you, you see that wonderfully. But uh, there's there's a lot in there. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip that. Let me uh, let me throw a couple verses your way uh, and, and see what the Lord does with them. First Corinthians 6:18 says, "Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth." is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God and are not your own? You guys know that. Verse 20. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Are you born again today? You're not your own. You're not my own. Got no business doing the things that the world does. We got no business doing the things that our flesh screams for us to do. We got a whole lot of business. We looking towards the Lord Jesus Christ, glorifying Him, bringing Him the power that He deserves. He's got the power. I, I know that the way I phrase that's not right. You, you know, you know that. But God gets power when we allow Him. To live that life in us, and we die to ourselves. He gets that power. Uh, when when the Bible speaks of Abraham in the book of Romans, chapter four, verse twenty, it says, speaking of Abraham, he staggered not at the promise promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Uh, and then in Hebrews eleven six, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We give God glory. We show God's power by our faith, uh, for sure. Um, and then I'm just going to, I'm going to end here. Uh, in John chapter 15, verse 8, that's the portion of scripture I believe that talks about the vine. But this verse, John 15, verse 8 says, Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. Brother and sister, that's what we're called to do. We're called to bear forth much fruit. Guess what? We're bearing nothing in and of ourselves. Nothing. He's calling us that we would bear forth much fruit. And outside of him, we do nothing. And just the little glimpses that, and I don't, I'm not indicting the Wednesday night crowd by any means, but if we think popping in the church for an hour and a half or however long it is, that that's going to bear forth much fruit in our life, who are we kidding? We're not kidding God. He's called us to bear much fruit because He gets glory in that. Enough said, right? Amen. Amen. I appreciate y'all. I don't know if the Lord spoke to y'all. I'm not a preacher. I know the preacher calls an invitation. I can't play the piano. I'm not even going to hum anything. If the Lord move in you and you want to come up and pray, we'll hang out for a couple seconds. uh, And then I'll end in a word of prayer. And then you can all go and enjoy your evening. But I pray that you would enjoy your evening in the Lord. I pray that you would think about him. He's worthy of our thoughts.